Welcome to yet another edition of the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad. I'm Rocket Ryan Brandt, and I'm joined to my left by Pat Jillick, a.k.a. P.J. Spiller. They call him that because he's been known to spill a drink or two. Anyway, I would like to introduce arguably the most interesting guest we've ever had on here. No, I'm not even going to say arguably. It is the most interesting guest we've ever had on here. The pride of Melbourne, Australia, former punter, the old four niner, as I like to call him, and our favorite mate, Bailey Flint. Bailey, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So you're, like I said, an interesting cat. You, you come from Melbourne, Australia. You come to the University of Toledo. Let's get to that first and foremost. How did you get to UT and why did you play for the Rockets? Yeah, so uh, long story short is I actually went to boarding school in Utah. And when I was there, I played right tackle and defensive line because I was 260 pounds. And, but I really, when I was there, I only played for one year and it was like a, a really quick thing that kind of came up on me. Uh, I finished the I finished the year with some interest from some double A D one double A schools to play those positions right tackle specifically, uh, but I was academically ineligible um, with the NCAA, and it was because of taking like woodwork class in year, in seventh grade in Australia or something. It was like a bit of a, a bit of a mix up. Uh, so I was like fourteen out of sixteen credits, um, you know, good to go, but I was too too short, and they'll only they'll only let you go if you're only one short because you can do it, like make it up in, in the off season. So I was unable to do that. So I had to do the JUCO route. Well, I guess my turn, my type of a JUCO route, I uh, ended up going back to Australia and Jordan Berry, who punted through the Steelers for five years, um, is actually a, a I, I, he's from the same area as me. Um, so I'd reached out to him and asked him kind of like, what's the deal? How'd you, how'd you get over there to punt? And he got me in contact with Pro Kick Australia, which is run by Nathan Chapman and Johnny Smith. And basically, they have a program where you you go in and train with them, and they will teach you how to punt um, the American style, uh, and they'll do all the talks to get you a scholarship, basically. So I went and started working with them for a couple. I ended up working with them, I think, for about a year and a half to two years. Because I had to, um, I had to go to school, start school in Australia. So I actually went to Victoria University, and when I was there, I was just like going to school uh, in the morning, and then I get done, I'd go train, and then go punt in the afternoon. Um, and then every every summer for us, we'd go over and do like a bit of a, a tour. They do like an American tour, so they sent the whole group of guys come over and go to a bunch of the schools where there's already guys at, and we'll go there and we'll punt and stuff like that. So we get a big big carload of Australian blokes just traveling around America, which is so, so fun. And I have the best story that I know you guys are going to love is we go and we take a visit and we go to the shoe and we go there and we punt in, in, uh, in Columbus and we got to go like punt on the shoe and stuff. It was real fun. Um, and then we drove from there up to Michigan and on the way, Nathan Chapman, he's known because he always has to stop and take a piss. <laughs> so he's always stopping, always stopping. Right? Sounds like our buddy Dave Zimmerman. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> and we stop, right? And I remember this time specifically, I had to jump out as well. And we stop on what I now know as I-75. And there's just a big paddock in front of us. And he goes, see that f- football stadium right there, Bailey? Oh, yeah. Yes. That is a Division One program, and he's pointing at 
Bowling Green University. <laughs> and, and I go, what? What do you mean? Division one program. I thought they were supposed to be big schools and stuff like that, you know, because I didn't understand, you know, he's like, I'm like, there's nothing out here. This is a farmland. He goes, that's, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter where you're at. Like, it's still division one. Division one, division one. I was like, oh, yeah. I think I, I think I had a couple of comments to make. Uh, and we always do when we go by that. <laughs> but he said to me, but he said to me, just just between us two, he's like, this might be one of the worst places to go to school in the country. Damn straight. <laughs> there's nothing there. Because there's nothing there, right? <laughs> but they have great so they have six, great tractor pulls down there. I was gonna say hey, that. six months later, six, six months later, I'm at training with Chap and he goes, Hey Bailey, remember that time I told you uh, this is the worst place in the country to go to school? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, he goes, 20 minutes up the road is another place. <laughs> and they're looking at taking you. And I was like, all right, shit. <laughs> that is well. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a what a great story. Nothing like peeing all over uh, you know, BGSU on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, about the best thing you can do down there. So so anyway, yeah, your career at UT, I mean, you you came on strong, you know, you, you got five years thanks to COVID. I mean, there's, you know, there's a couple of good things came out of COVID. One, it's the fact that uh, you got an extra year to play football and also Zoom calls because that's what we're doing right now. But you, right. you got off to a great start in 2019 and then came that BYU game. You tried to make a tackle and, and then you were done for the year. I mean, that had to be a heartbreaking time for you. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, if you look at the back, like the track record of it all, I go from not punting ever in a football game to coming out my freshman year and sitting at about 240. I was still a bit big, dropping dropping off some weight and still learning how to punt. And I come out and, you know, my fourth game I ever played punting was against Miami. And, you know, I did all right. Like, I know I didn't do too too crazy, and but we won that championship. That was awesome. And then, you know, going into 2018, started to find my way a little bit more. That was really cool. Got a bit of a voice on the team and all that sort of stuff. Started doing better. You see my stats go up. Then we get to 2019, and I come out, guns blazing. And then that punt, I remember our third punt of the game. First two were push punts, that third one, 42, right hash, kicking right. Three of, you know, top players on the team, just they, they, missed, they, they missed their tackles, and it's like a routine thing you think they'd always do. And this is not, not scrubs of players. This is guys that are really doing it. That goes to show that, you know, everything that's supposed to happen is going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm running down. I see I'm not even close. I wasn't even close to making a tackle. I was 15, 20 yards away from the guy and uh, I'm running down. I just, I get a, a quick glimpse in my peripheral. As soon as I turn my head, there's a guy right there, absolutely just crown of his helmet straight into the ear hole of mine. I get knocked over on my side, reach out with my left foot, knee hyperextends on itself. And, you know, fortunately we do a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of prehab work to, to get strong knees. So my knee didn't go, but all that went down and, all my weight went on my ankle, bang, hmm. it went in, dislocated it one way, rolled over the top of it, it went it went back into place and then dislocated the other way. Oh. So I heard the pop because I was like rolling and I remember standing up because I, I stood up, I was, on my, I was on my left, it was my left ankle. I stood up on my right foot, I got all the way up, I took a f- step forward and obviously there was nothing holding my ankle in place yeah. um, and the adrenaline, you don't feel anything and I just felt, I fell over and I fell out, but I was on the sideline and uh, Chandler Cotterman was right there. And he's like, get up, get up. And I just looked at him. I said, I can't walk. And he, he just, just one hand, mate, just picked me up. Um, and he just carried me over to the, uh, to the, you know, the, the bench, I remember. And then they, 
they, they fixed it up, they closed it up and Dr. Cruz came over, had a look at it. And I was wearing like uh, these fly knit um, material cleats, they're like a soccer cleat. Mm. And when Dr. Cruz tried to take the shoe off, I just watched, he pulls my foot and the shoe doesn't come off. My foot starts moving. Like my foot comes away from my body. Oh. There's nothing holding it in place. Oh. And I was just like, oh, well, if you got to cut them, cut them. I couldn't feel anything. So that was a good thing. Like I didn't feel any pain because, um, you you know, adrenaline. Adrenaline, yeah, like, for sure. And you, I mean, you, you guys remember that game. There's, oh, yeah. The standing room only, you know what I mean? Like um, every single one of those punts are, you know, I go out there and I was like on, on cloud nine. Um, but yeah, no, that was super, super hard. And I remember, I remember sitting in the, in the training room after, you know, after it all happened and uh, I, I looked at Adam and I was like, what's the deal? You know? Cause I mean, there's five, six doctors come in and they look at you and then when they want to talk about what's going on, they step out of the room. You've done your, you've done, they did, they took x-rays of me then and there. So like before the quarter had ended, I'd already had x-rays done and everything. Like they, they do a really good job. Um, you know, cause there's a lot of behind the scenes people don't see, mm-hmm, you know, sure. um, and there's also a doctor that's like watching the replays at all times that I'd never even met before. And he comes in, he goes, how's the knee? And I was like, what? And he was watching the replays cause he's seen all the pressure on my knee, but my left kind of hyperextends anyway. So it was like, he thought I'd like done my ACL or something. Oh, wow. Um, but then he goes and talks to the doctors and tells them what he saw and stuff, you know, so it gives them a good idea. Um, but I mean, they knew pretty much straight away what it was. And I was like, okay, well, so I'm not broken anything. Cause they did the x-rays. I was like, come can we just tape it up? And, and Adam's like, mate, you, you literally, there's nothing holding your ankle in place. Like, cause they did like, they did like a, I think it was called, it's like a stress, stress test or something. So he's like pulling my foot away mm. and then took an x-ray like that. And you just see, there's just like half an inch of space between uh, anything. And oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, not good. Yeah. So it was like, I would have just done more damage even if we taped it up. Cause I could have just slipped out of myself, you know? Um, but yeah, that was that was absolutely brutal. But then you know, it goes halftime, and a couple of the boys came in. I remember the I remember the clock. I was like, "Listen, mate, go to Jabo and get me two uncrustables, not one. I want two. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. He did it. Uncrustables fix everything. <laughs> that's what we get. That's what we get at halftime. It's always oh the uncrustables. That stuff's gold, mate. That stuff is gold. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, talk a little bit about your transition. I mean, you played tackle and and D- DN in high school. How do you get from that position or those positions into being a, a a pretty technical position as a punter. I mean, did you play rugby as a as a wee lad or anything like that? Or interesting, interesting thing is like in Australia, you grow up kicking the ball. So like, you know, in America, you grow up playing catch. Yeah, right. you're throwing a baseball, you're throwing a football, you're throwing, 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 throwing. So you get a bunch of eight year olds in America, and they're all going to be able to throw. If you get a bunch of eight year olds in Australia, and you give them a football and tell them to throw it, you it'll like they're going to suck at it. They're not going to be able to do it. But if you tell them to kick, to punt a football, they're all going to be way better than the old eight-year-olds in America. You know what I mean? Because that's what you do is you grow up and you go play. Like we're at school, we play kick to kick. That's It's not catch. You play kick to kick. You kick to each other. Oh, wow. Australian rules football. I used to watch it on uh, ESPN back in the early days. So Exactly. So Australian rules football is what you grow up playing. Now, I played this thing called Oz Kick, which is like the, you know, in your in your formational years, you know, you go and you play Oz Kick, which is just like, group practices where they they just get you doing skills development and teaching you all that sort of stuff and then i played oh, i think maybe I don't know, under 12s and then under 14s so i played two years total um of, of football but i was never good at it and I, I literally remember um i remember his name too 
one of the kids in high school that gave me grief because I was never any good at it. Um, hmm. Laughing at me because I was on the worst team because they have, they have the different divisions, you know, A's, B's, C's and D's. I was on the D's, you know, so it was like I was on the worst of the right. worst, but I had fun, you know, like so I was like I didn't care. And then, um, but I was no good, you know, <laughs> I was so clumsy because I was always growing into my body. And that was the thing because growing up, I was always, I'd, I'd, I'd shoot up and then I'd be super clumsy and then I'd shoot up again. So before I could even learn, you know, so by the time I got to college, that was the first time I stopped growing. Oh, wow. So your body hit was my still height. catching up. <laughs> exactly. So, but when I got to Toledo, that's when I hit six, I was six, three and, you know, six, three and a half or whatever. I probably, I only grew like a couple more centimeters from there or not even a centimeter or something. I ended up. You know, I'm six three and seven eighths. That's like that's what I got on uh, on junior on uh, what a pro day. Okay, but um, yeah, that was a that was an interesting kind of transition. But because of that, that's how I was able to you know sort of punt because you grow up always being able to kick and all that sort of stuff. Now, I didn't have a very long time playing whole line. You know, what I mean, so it wasn't like I had all these like um. You know, things ingrained in my right. head. Like not a lot of bad habits to break or anything. Exactly right. I mean, I pride myself on being super coachable. If I wasn't coachable, I wouldn't have done what I did. Um, you know, over the last five years, you know, it's, it's not a it's not an easy thing to get a Division One scholarship. I think people sometimes like you know you kind of take it for granted when you get it, but it's like wait a second, no, it means you're the the best of what you do. You're the, one of the top 175 guys. In the world at this right, right. At that time, especially as a punter, mm-hmm. you're not off. There's not many times there's two punters on scholarship. I was the only punter on scholarship my entire time at Toledo. Right. So for five years there, you know, I mean, I was I'm the only guy. Um, which mind you, now we've got Jonathan Batsky, another Australian. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he's another. He's that. another Aussie. So Jonathan, uh, it's kind of funny. He's like, so I just turned 26, but he was he's 26 now. Oh. So I'm done, and he's a freshman. And he's just, <laughs> but um, but now he spent he spent six years in the Air Force. Okay, so he's got a really really cool story. Um, you know, he served he served in the Middle East and everything. Oh, wow. Um, so you know, and I actually he I gave him a call after the game um, last Thursday. Yeah, you know, just to see how he how he's doing. I, I shot him a message in the morning, and you know, just because I wasn't sure how he was feeling about it or you know what I mean. And I was like, I just gave him a quick couple of pointers on like what I wish I knew going into it all because, you know, there's a lot of stuff I didn't kind of, I don't know, like don't overkick and all that sort of stuff. Cause I, you can see that in the stats, like you come to the fourth quarter of a lot of these games and I, I can't kick over a jam tin. Why is that? Like, cause I'm dead. Cause I'm every third down I'm kicking in the net. So it's like, you only see me punt four times in a, in a game, but I've punted 150 on the sideline. Right. It's like, it's, right. what are you doing? But I didn't know any better, you know? So it's like figure that out over the years. But, um, yeah, and I had a good chat with him after, and he was just like, "Yeah, th- you know, there's." And they made this comment on uh, on the TV too. But what's the what's to be scared of for him? You know, the, guy, the bloke's been in the Middle East, <laughs> right? Yeah, good point. You know, serving an active military, he's not worried about kicking in front of twenty five. Exactly, or or you know, some scrawny scrawny special teams DNs coming at him to try and block right? it. So he wasn't, he, and he did really well. He won special teams player of the week. That was yeah. so awesome to see his first. First game, I mean that first punt. It was oh, great. yeah, that was Kick. lightning. I think- uh, and then he had that other one. The next one, another pooch punt went to the the one. Or, oh, I was like, mate, I was. I think he had was two high. inside the inside the five, didn't he? Out of his yeah, the first two, his first two punts. Yeah, yeah, forty three yard was, average, not bad debut. Not bad at all, mate. Not bad at all. I think uh, 
it, it, it's got to be a weird transition for uh, two 26-year-olds, one, one out of football, one coming in into the college game. And, and were you able to impart any words of wisdom when you first found out he was coming to UT? Uh, I don't. We we knew for a while that he was coming out, and it was pretty much like as soon as as soon as I was done, he was coming in. So we kind of knew that, um, which was which was like a cool cool way to kind of transition. And obviously, I was there training for pro day and stuff. So you know, we would hang out, and he would come out and punt with me. Um, but we would just kind of work together, and you know, it's an open slate between us. If he needs anything, let me know. Vice versa. I mean, he's you know come out and watch me punt and, and do a couple things here and there. So that's been kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's just been a just been uh, made myself as available as possible to help kind of let him, you know, learn the lay of the land and stuff like that to get him as comfortable as possible as quickly as possible. Sure. Get acclimated and, and uh, do some, exactly. do, you know, give them, give them the knowledge that you have with your five years on campus. Exactly. So talk a little bit about your experience with the, the tryout with the Steelers and your time with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, how, how was that? So, well, uh, <laughs> funny thing with the with the Tiger Cats, I actually never went there. Oh, okay. So there was a bit of there was a bit of issues with that um, that, that kind of came up uh, that were a little bit unforeseen. So I kind of back it up a little bit. You know, we did uh, you know training for pro day. I was out in California the whole time working with um, a lot of the pro guys that, that train out. A lot of pro guys train out here, which has been really cool. So sure. um, you know, probably fifteen twenty pro punters, kickers, snappers um, I've been able to work with in the last you know, four or five months. And I was really fortunate to work a lot with uh, Jason Myers, the kicker at uh, the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, I took me under his wing, which was awesome. So I got to you know, hold for him and he's just you know, been helping me out a lot. Um, but yeah, so I, I went through that process, did pro day. Um, and then I also did uh, a local day with the Lions um, and then had a couple of workouts um, and then come after the draft. That was, you know, what a what a an exciting day in of itself, you know, because you're so you don't realize you get so many calls. Um, even if you're not getting, I mean, look, I didn't get signed anywhere off the draft, but my phone was ringing for two weeks, right? And it gives you a little glimmer of hope. So yeah, and it's crazy because it's like, wow, I really think, you know. But then then you realize, yeah, it's they're all playing a game, right? It's like everyone of these coaches is trying to take you to prom, but the thing is, you don't know that. <laughs> They're also taking 10 other blokes. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they're only deciding on the day. So it's like, all right, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great to hear. And you want to believe that you're the one, you know, and which I did. I really, I really thought I was going somewhere off the rip. Well, so do um, we. Uh, you know, well, and, and I can kind of see, you know, it made a lot of sense with the guys that got picked up, you know, they all had great averages. Like there's no, no one got picked up that wasn't, wasn't a good punter, you know. Right. And we also, like this, this is the largest group of punters ever. Well, the largest group of any position ever. So if you went in this draft, you're a dog mm-hmm. because there's two years of guys that, you know, have been waiting to go and, and all that sort of stuff. And it, and it shows. So taking absolutely nothing from all the guys that got picked up, they were all uh, really, really good punters. But at the same time, it was also kind of a little bit like you get a little salty when it's like, wow, man, I, I trained with four of those guys yeah. and, I trained with him. I was kicking better than him. You know, it's like, oh man, you know, like you kind of get, you, you hear a lot of that, you know, especially going to the workouts and talking to these guys. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit of a gut punch, when, especially when you're hanging out with these guys, training with them, and you can see what they do and what you do in, in comparison. When you compare, when you compare to the guy that's getting paid 15, that just got a $15 million contract, you think, 
oh, geez, someone's going to pick me up for 700 a year, right? <laughs> As a rookie. Yeah. But it's just, there's just so much involved with it all. And I've got a very particular situation with my visa because um, I'm not American. So I have to be put on a visa. Um, you know, so that was interesting. So, you know, come to the draft, obviously nothing, nothing came from that, um, you know, off the, off the rip. Yeah. Um, but also mind you, so I don't know how familiar you guys are with the Steelers organization, but, um, Kevin Colbert, the, the old GM, oh, yeah. his, his son, Dan Colbert ran my pro day. Oh, nice. So the, the Steelers run, run the pro day and, um, I, I went crazy. Like I lit it up on pro day. I punted, I think I, I think it was 26 punts and I averaged like high four second hang and in the 50 yard distance. Like it was, nice. I, 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 I went crazy. Not only did I go crazy, but I went crazy in front of about 15 teams, 15, 16 teams. Right. I thought there was going to be no one there watching me unless they were interested in punter. Um, and cause we did it at the end of the day. We were supposed to go first. So I was like, that's great because everyone's going to watch me because they have to come out. Even if they're not really paying attention, they're still going to see me. So if I do well, I'll do well. Uh, but that didn't happen. So I had to sit around for three hours, wait for everyone to get their stuff done, go over, start warming up. I'm warming up. I look up. I go, wait a second. There's a lot of people here. <laughs> like, this is cool. I was like, all right, here you yeah. go. There's your opportunity, Bailey. Like, what are you going to do? I literally said it to myself. I said it out loud to myself. I said, here's your opportunity. What are you going to do with it? I said, all right, mate, I took it. I took my opportunity and I did really well. And after... Um, <laughs> After I got done, Dan even said to me, he's like, Bailey, that's one of the best performances I've ever seen from punter. Um, you know, and they, they clocked me in. A couple of the punts I was kicking, you know, five, three hang time balls, you know, to the returners. Like it was, I got, and I've got it all on film, you know, like, which is, that's the best part about it. I was like, man, I've, I've, I've put it on the tape, you right. know, and this is the tape they're all going to see. Um, you know, then, then it comes down to, well, if you did that, why didn't you get picked up? You know what I mean? I, I, that's a question I've asked myself. And then I realized, you know, it's like, well, because I, I did it then. I didn't do it six months ago when I was playing, you know. Mind you, here and there, I got those sprouts. You know, you go look at Colorado State when the uh, this past year um, at the Glass Bowl when old mate, you know, I punt, we punch to the left and he drops it and Denzel recovers it. That was a 5-3 hang ball. That was an NFL quality yeah. ball. But also there was a kick that game that went 4-2 hang and got returned for a touchdown. Right. So, you know, there's just being realistic with it all. You know what I mean? Like I see, I see that, I see that there, I've, I've looked at myself in a mirror. Is what I'm right. Wearing. It's situational, uh, you know, it, 100%. if you're in a, a game time competition, you know, where you've got all the stress on you versus kicking 26 punts in a, in a controlled situation. Yeah. hundred percent. I will say it was still very stressful when you're in time. Oh, hell yeah. And everything, hell yeah. Worked, everything you've ever worked for is in front of you that pro day. It's like, oh man, but no, that was that was a cool that was a cool day. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, the reason I talked about Dan is because he ended up uh, getting me an invite to minicamp with the Steelers. So they had uh, they had two punters on roster. Um, so it was a matter of go go there and impress. If I if I did enough, I could have possibly um, won that job. Um, and I remember when I was there on the last day, uh, Danny Smith. He's like, "Do you kick off?" I was like, "No." Nah. He goes, ah, oh. and, I, and I was just like, oh, I should have. Probably you know. should have said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I wish, I wish I could have, you know what I mean? I, I can't lie about it because they can ask me right. to do it. Yeah. Then they ask um, me to do it. And then after doing some research, the bloke that they had as their backup, he can kick off. So I was uh, like, well, okay. makes sense to keep a guy that can do it all. For sure. You know, I get that. So that's been one thing that, um, you know, I wish, I wish I could have been able to do, but 
you know, obviously, obviously I couldn't. I mean, every one of those guys that got drafted this year, punter-wise, um, they all can kick off and stuff like that. So it's becoming like the new thing uh, for sure. But no, what an ex- what a cool experience. I remember, you know, day one going, going into the, you know, getting picked on on the red eye uh, on like a Thursday and, um, you know, I get, I get picked up and go to the hotel right by uh, the facility, walk in there and I'm, I'm walking around and, you know, just, I was, I was a steal up basically, you know, like that was, that was so cool. Cause you're going around, you're doing the same process. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the same tests with Kenny. The difference is there's no cameras on me. This one yeah. him. And, uh, you know, I got to meet all those guys. And I remember two days after the draft is when they had the CFL draft. And that's when I got, so I got picked up second overall to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They knew from the rip that I was going to the Steelers and if I have any NFL opportunity, like I'm taking it. I said, you can draft me if you want. I said, but I'm not signing anything until um, the latest possible moment. Like, I'm going to let you guys know. I'm not putting an t- exact time on it. I was like, but I'm going to tell you. Like, I, I was up front with them. And they're like, sweet. And I was like, all right, cool. All right. I'm not going to feel bad if, if something comes up, you know, or, you know, I've, I've got to change your heart. Like, you you didn't have to take me second overall. Like, that. wow. Yeah, you because know, I got an interview after it and they were like, is there pressure? I said, why is there pressure? I said, the pressure's on them. They picked me. I didn't pick them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, like I told him, I told him off the rip. I spoke to every one of the teams, you know, and I told him what was going on. I said, like, this is my goal is to stay in America long term. So I'm like, you know, that doesn't help my overall plan. I said, so it better be a, a good situation for me to go into. And, you know, I ended up um, getting picked up. And, and the reason, I, the reason I, I went back to that, because I remember I was talking to um, George Pickens. That yeah. dude it, it is a funny, he is a funny dude. <laughs> and, uh, I said to him, I said, hey, you better tighten up, bro. And he's like, like, looked at me like, what the heck? We're in the in the cold tubs, like after one the, the second practice. I was like, listen, you got drafted in the second round, remember? I got drafted in the first round in the Canadian <laughs> second overall. <laughs> I said, I was like, you better tighten up, right? <laughs> when you're around me. And he just started laughing. That was so funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> Because it was like the whole time we were there, obviously, like all their draft picks were getting treated a little bit different, not like in a bad way, but like because they had like media and all that sort of sure. stuff. Like, um, and that was also fun too. The first, the first practice, like the very first interview Kenny Pickett had was like on ESPN, and we were eating lunch, and it's like the TVs are playing, and we can all see it um, being played like 20 minutes after it happened. I was like, that's kind of cool. And you see in the background, there's me punting. I was like, yes, I made it on TV. And I was yelling, I was yelling at everyone. I was like, everyone look, I'm on TV. And they're all just laughing. I'm I'm, I'm in the background. Thanks, man. (laughs) That's awesome. So, so, so Bailey, there's much more to you than, than football. I mean, my, my buddy here, Pat to the left of me, he, uh, he's a big, Instagram kind of guy, and he you remember him pointing out to me like two or three years ago. Man, Bailey Flint is all over Instagram and um, TikTok, and, yeah, and all that jazz. So, I mean, Twitter. between that, you, you've, you've you're a singer. You you're doing some acting. I mean, what can't you do? Can you dance? No, I'm not a good dancer. Okay, well, no, you can't do everything. No dancing with the stars, then. <laughs> uh, you can't do everything in this world. Can you? <laughs> I can get close. There you go. That that helps. Yeah. I uh, so I, I I did my degree in theater. So I got my undergrad degree in media communication and theater performance, uh, and then I did my masters in liberal studies with a focus in film and theater performance. So I don't know if you guys remember, like uh, in 2019, um, I wasn't there for the summer. Yeah, yeah, you were hanging out in Russia or something, were you? Yeah. So I went. <laughs> I went to I went to acting school in in Moscow. 
Um, so that was a really cool, uh, a really kind of cool thing. And <laughs> that whole story of like how I got onto that. Is that what led just, you into the indie film, The Toad? Well, that there was just a, um, I see you guys have done your research. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, that was a, there's a, like a local filmmaker in Toledo, okay. like a, you know, it was like a student film type thing. Gotcha. Um, done, a, done a few, few things there, but. Um, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a very big wasn't a very big thing. I just it was like one role, right? I don't know. But but what was Russia like being over there? Intense, very intense, because you're kind of like always like you know, you're kind of always looking around because it's like you know, it's a new place and that sort of stuff. But I'm six foot four. I look Russian when I dress down like the way. I mean, I was dressed the way everyone else was dressed. It's very casual, like very simple black slacks and a and a white Kelvin Klein shirt just every day, just all that sort of stuff. Didn't try and be extra vibrant or anything like that. And, um, you yeah, know, everyone said my, my Russian accent was good when I spoke. So I speak a bit of Russian. Um, so, uh, which I learned when I was going over there, cause I was like, well, I'm going to be in the country. I better, yeah, figure <laughs> I better out what they're saying. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it was so funny. I remember one time I'm on the train in, in, in Russia and we're going somewhere. And this guy asked me, um, he's trying to get to the red square, cross the poor ship, like get the up cross the poor ship. Uh, I was like, yeah, uh, means I don't speak Russian, <laughs> but that's like, yeah, bless you. That's like walking up to somebody on the street and saying, Hey, how do I get here? And they go, ah, I don't speak English. And you hear, you can hear that they speak English. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so you'd get pretty, you'd get pretty mad. Wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so he started yelling at me on the train. <laughs> I was like, ah, ah, oh shit. My bad, bro. <laughs> I was like, I just didn't want to deal with anything. I'm tired. I've been going, you know, right. school was hard. Right. But no, that was that was a such an awesome experience. You know, like I, I'm really, I'm really privileged that I got to go over there at the time I did because I don't know when someone else is ever going to go back. Uh, you know, in, in a situation like mine. Oh you know, yeah, many people are going to go back to to Russia and, and see and see a lot of what's going on over there. Um, you know, the people are great. Obviously, you know, and that's the that's the sad thing about a lot of what you see. You know, oh. places get a bad rap because they're governments and all that all that stuff. But the people there are awesome. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, they were super nice to me, and I had an absolutely wonderful time. Uh, wonderful time there. But um, yeah, and that was that was a really, 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 really cool cool experience and something. You know, I got to do what I loved. Um, I got to act over there. Um, you know, I got to to go in and, and be around some really, really professional people. Uh, in a space that you know, I felt quite comfortable in. So, what, what, what an experience that had! It's something you're right. going to remember for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, looking yeah. down the road five years, where do you see Bailey Flint? What's he going to be doing? Yeah, so it's a it's an interesting spot I'm in right now. You know, obviously um, the goal has always been football, and I I I kind of um, I was actually talking to my mom about this. Like, you know, I really uh, really found myself, especially you know getting ready for the for the NFL, I really found myself um, starting to kind of think like, what, you know, am I just a football player like that, you know, because you kind of have to just, you have to be that, you know, you have to, it's all you're doing every day is just training, training, training. And then when you don't get anything from that, it gets pretty tough, right? Like if you say, if you say I'm an artist, but you never make anything, it's like, well, what the heck are you really an artist? If you say you're a football player, but you never play football, it's right. like, well, are you really, you know, so there's a been, there's been a bit of that kind of going on in, in my life recently, which is um, obviously been a lot harder in the last couple of weeks seeing football has been being played. Um, but, you know, I've still been busy training. It's like, that. I mean, I was with Green Bay. Um, I flew out to Green Bay two weeks ago for a workout. Um, 
which was a really cool experience. They didn't, they didn't sign any, they, they told us that they were going to sign a punter and then they didn't sign a punter. So it was like, Oh, okay. Y'all do, you do you. Right. right. But, uh, <laughs> I got a free little vacation. I got to see Aaron Rodgers. I had lunch there and spent the day there. It was kind of cool. Nice. Then I went back, I went back to Toledo after that and, um, I went over to New York and stuff. So it was, it was a cool little, cool little trip for me. So you, so uh, you stay training, you stay in shape, uh, yeah. Is it kind of a, a situation where you're looking at, hey, if there's some injuries during the season and somebody's looking to sign someone, you know, hey, I'm I'm on that list or I'm, I'm, I'm. yeah, it's trying to it's trying to get on those lists, and I mean, you know, you got to be got to be super realistic. Like, I don't understand, I don't really know uh, how many of those lists I'm going to be on right this right this second because it's like you know, mid season, you bring a guy in. Do you really want to bring a guy in that's not played in the NFL? Like, I. You know, I'm just I'm just being right. So no, really sense. stuff, you know, like um, that. That's kind of where it makes sense. Like last week, the Colts punter went out, and the four guys they brought in for a workout have all have NFL experience. The the same thing with the Bills. You know, they needed a guy, and they ended up like that. Just it is what it is. Like there's not this isn't the time to to be playing. Um, you know, playing playing a bit of a risky game, uh, which I which I get and I understand. Um, but I'm at that point where I just need the opportunity. I know I can do it, um, but also your word is only worth so right. much. Right, you have to you be know, realistic. Say, everyone's going everyone's gonna to say they know they can do it. Um, you just have to oh, you have to believe it, and then you have to show it. It's a show league, isn't it? You oh, know, absolutely. You've mm-hmm. got to get that opportunity, right? And who's going to give you that opportunity midseason? So we've got to stay ready. Um, I've got to stay training. Anything could happen. I don't know. I went and did, you know, camp with the Steelers. So what happens when they need a guy? Am I first, second, third on their list? I don't know where I am on their list. Right. Um, I could be, could be the next guy up if they get an injury. Um, you don't know this, the, the, the Packers could bring me in the, the this or the that, you know, any team you've been with and left the field, someone could come out of nowhere. You never even spoke to, you don't know who's been watching right. pro day film like that. And they'd be like, Oh, look, this is what he did on pressure. Like, cool. Yeah. Um, but the same as there was a lot of guys coming out of college. There's a lot of guys in the draft pool in general. Now, the XFL. I was just going to say, are you looking at other I'm leagues not. like the CFL, the XFL, well, and when I was when I was at the Steelers, Jim Hazlitt was the head coach for the Seattle um, Dragons was at camp, so he he watched me punt. Mind you, I punted really well when I was at the Steelers. Right. When we we're in the team setting, especially, like I remember punting back there. Like they had George, um, like returning punts with Calvin, and uh, like their draft picks, and I was booming them. Out there, their facility is not like crazy, crazy big either. So I was getting real close to the back of the end zone. It was sweet, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no. So I I had already spoke my agent, spoken to them, and, and all that. And obviously, you know, I was back at Toledo recently, and I, I spoke to Bruce. Um, he's going to be with the Battlehawks, Gradkowski. Right, and um, right. but the issue is is that the league, the, the XFL league, is not uh, sponsoring visas this first year. Oh, so I'm just not I'm just not eligible. So it's like. I know that I'm good enough to play in that league and yeah, for sure. have, would have an opportunity, but the actual league is like, no, nah, we're not doing it. They're not making an exception. And it's like, come on, man. Right, right. You'd think they would. I mean, you think they'd want to get the biggest pool they could. But I get it. You know, it is what it is. And that's been kind of the biggest punch in the gut for me. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, there's a bit of reinventing uh, I got to do because, you know, I got to, I got to work over here. I got to do something. Uh, I can't be just training all the time. Right. Uh, I'm currently on my OPT extension for my visa. So I'm, I'm able to work right now uh, within my degree, Masters of Liberal Studies. Which so, is nice. You know, right. I've, I've, been, I've been doing that, uh, which is good. 
um, with an agency up in up in Beverly Hills, and uh, you know opportunities are coming all the time uh, for works work and stuff like that, which has been really really cool. Um, I got a I'm waiting to get a, a job offer right now um, for this one company, which I, I get that it's huge. Uh, it'll be huge. So um, yeah, I got some really really cool things you know kind of cooking, and then I'm excited for two weeks now. The San Diego State game. We'll be going down to that. Yeah, nice. I'll, I'll be there as well. So hopefully we can nice. uh, get a get oh, a I'll picture with you uh, and, uh, <laughs> and chat with you. Absolutely. And then uh, and then that couple of days after that, I'm flying back uh, to come to homecoming. So awesome. yeah, you're gonna have to stop by our tailgate. Yeah, we have the we oh, have the absolutely. big Toledo Rockets bus, the school bus. You can't, can't miss it. it. So you're you're cordial. You, you can't you can't miss it. Well, the last time the, the only uh, the only time I've ever been to a a tailgate was. Uh, the Western Michigan game in 2019 because I mean I broke my broke my ankle, right. um, so I went there with Chandler before the game because I had to, I just had to be at the Rocket Walk, you know. So I was like, oh, I went there an hour before just to see what was up. <laughs> nice. Um, I remember I had to get on my crutches from Rocket Hall all the way over to the stadium. I was like, mate, I'm at the homes again. <laughs> so we may have to. If, so if you show up for homecoming, we may have to make a run and get some Fosters for you. Is that absolutely not. <laughs> Foster. They don't, we don't drink that in Australia. Oh, no, they don't. That's that's like the uh, PBR or red, white, and blue over here. <laughs> right? Like no one, no one actually drinks it. It's just a, it's a marketing ploy, and it's working. It's working for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I, I thought it meant Australian for beer. That's what I've always first heard. time I ever, first time I ever came to a um, a Walmart over here, I saw that they sold like they like I don't think it's like they don't sell Fosters in the stores in Australia. Like you can't find it in the store. It's not like a very it's common like strictly thing. Like exports. It's like sold just over here. And it's like, what the heck? You know, like this is like, it's not even a good beer. No, like, it's, it's not really. It's kind of skunky. I mean, it is kind of cool that it comes in an oil can though. Okay. Oh, Outback. oh yeah. Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. Of course they sell it there. Uh, <laughs> yes. And then I say blooming onions. What the, what the, what the blooming hell is an onion? Right. Exactly. <laughs> they don't have that over in Australia. <laughs> well, Bailey, we, we can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time to, to be with us, and we wish you nothing but success in the future. And uh, we look to see you uh, out in San Diego and then at homecoming. Absolutely. Yeah, we're looking forward to, to seeing what, what comes up on your agenda in the near future. And uh, we're very excited for all the prospects that you have out there. And we, we really thank you for taking the time to rehash a little bit of history and uh, TOL. EDO. Night, always. Go Rockets. <laughs> Go Rockets. Thanks Go a Rockets. lot, Bailey. Cheers, fellas. We are going into week number two of the college football season for your Toledo Rockets. Last week, they come out with a 37-0 victory over Long Island in front of a nice crowd of over 21,000 people in the glass bowl. And, Pat, as you mentioned, probably the worst showing in a 37-0 blowout you've ever seen. Yeah, that that was, I, I think I stated it a couple times that night, that was the worst 37 to nothing victory I've ever witnessed. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to tear the team down. Uh, the defense played amazingly well. I think they had something like eight or nine three and outs that they put up on Long Island. They gave up 113 total yards over total four yards. quarters. That's yeah. impressive. And I, it was, what, four first downs, I think, for the entire game. And the, so the defense was lights out. The, the offense was slow to get started. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, it was three to nothing. Uh, they they had a little movement in the second quarter. Uh, were well, able so to, did I. 
Yeah, well, that's why I was gone for about different 10 kind minutes. of movement. Oh, but, sorry. <laughs> but uh, bowel movements aside, I, I think <laughs> the uh, the fact that the Rockets it took them till after midway through the second quarter to get going on offense was alarming to me. Uh, you're going to have that when you have two of your best offensive linemen out, and you've got defensive players playing on the offensive line, especially yeah, Devin, at Rogers. Se- Devin Rogers at center. You know, I can't fault them for that, but at least they did get it going, you know, midway through the second quarter. Right. And, you know, you look at the total stats, we did outgain them 442 to 113. Nice disparity there on our, on our side. Oh, absolutely. Of the absolutely. But, but the offensive line it just it didn't seem to be clicking. You know, when you, when you look at the rushing yardage, averaged, uh, they did average 4.9 yards a carry, but when you're leading rusher as your quarterback, and, and again, Daquan Finn, great game, 21 Absolutely. out of 28, and uh, just played very well. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, let's, not, let's, let's get away from the negative. That defensive bo- football team, we knew they were going to be good, but how about Dallas Gantt? Yeah. Transfer from Ohio State, 11 tackles. What a nice debut in his hometown. A great debut. I think there was a little bit of um, trepidation, I think, about him. Oh, with great a lot- word. With a lot of fans in Toledo, you know, like, eh, he didn't get a lot of playing time at Ohio State. Is he going to be Is he going to be worth it once he comes back? And, man, did he show up. I mean, lead, led the team in tackles. Uh, you know, you can tell he likes playing in front of the home crowd for sure. Yep, did very well. And, of course, Jamal Hines, what can you say about him? He had another one-and-a-half tackles for loss, four total tackles. Great player. Uh, Deswan Johnson, three TFLs, including a half sack. So, I mean, just a balls-out performance by that defense of Coach Craig Kuligowski and Vince Karras. Yeah, they had to be super happy with the performance. Uh, and, and you had, you know, I, th- I think it was Zach Ford had an interception. Uh, yeah. So it was some unsung heroes in the defensive backfield or, or the linebacking core coming up with, with uh, you know, some big plays. And that was one of the question marks is, hey, is, are, are we we're going to be able to defend the pass? We know we can defend the run, and we can do the intermediate stuff the over the middle. Uh, are we going to be able to get out there on the edges and, and defend on, on the edges? And I think they answered that question nicely. Uh, again, we're playing Long Island University. I almost said iced teas, but... No, they, they kind of <laughs> look like the iced teas, but uh, only the third year in Division One, one double-A. FCS, whatever you want to call it. I guess it'd be their fourth year, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, there you go. Right. So, yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, th- I think what, coming off of this game, one of the big, big things we want to see is how much they improve over this week. Uh, they're going in to play UMass. Uh, oh, let, let, actually, let, let me go back and talk a little bit about what Bailey was talking about with our new punter. Yes. Uh He's an, also a, a fellow Aussie, uh, his first, first year with the program, and he had a great game. First two punts of the game were inside the five-yard line, pooch punt, and, and just a great great job sticking it inside there. He became, he became the uh, special teams player of the week, uh, and then I think he had a 43-point average or 43.2 average uh, yards per kick uh, over five kicks for the games. You know, and, and, and Bailey talked a little bit about his uh, influence in transitioning him into playing for UT. Yeah, he had and, a long, a long of fifty-three yards. He had uh, three inside the twenty, 
That includes those two inside the five that we talked about. Yeah, so Bailey's tidbits of wisdom worked out. Didn't hurt. Exactly. All right, let's get now to the Minutemen of UMass. Dr. J's alma mater and Victor Cruz, the old wide receiver for the New York Giants, he played there as well. Yeah, and I, I think that's what they're laying their hat on. That's, that's, <laughs> that's their only claim to fame in the last several years. Although they did win the 1AA national title back in the uh, mid-2000s, I want to say. Okay. So I'll go ahead and say it. They did. Yeah, that was in the mid-2000s. And uh, you're in big boy ball now. So That's right. Uh, Yeah, we look at this game, and and it's going to be a mismatch. Uh, UT, I believe, is a 28-point favorite. You're coming into this game head-to-head. UT has a 5-to-1 lead uh, in in this series history. Last time they lost, 1976. Right. And I I talked to Jeff Heppenstall this week, a former wide receiver for the Rockets, and he blamed himself partially. He dropped a big pass in that game. So. September 11th, 1976. They lost 28-14. So it wasn't just his missed pass. They, 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 had, they gave uh, up two points. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, T- Toledo's 3-0 and against them at home. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of stylistic points coming into this game from UMass. I mean, they're, they they scored ten points in the last game. They lost to Tulane 48 to 10 or 42 to 10. I'm sorry. And uh, Tulane is no powerhouse by any means. You know, um, interesting thing is there aren't many Division One independents anymore. UMass is one of them. Of course, they were in the MAC there for a while and just football only and. And that was when they made the transition from FCS to the Division One level, and they joined the MAC. Never a good fit. I mean, they had a natural rival with Temple being in the Atlantic 10 and all their other sports, but it just wasn't a good fit, and, and really it hasn't been a good uh, good transition for them to the FBS level. They haven't been a good fit with anybody, any conference they've been in. It seems like it's just it's unfortunate. You know, they, they probably have great facilities. They play with, at the Patriots Stadium, but... It, it, it's just a downer of a program. I mean, they had 17 yards passing against uh, Tulane. That can't be good in anyone's book. Their total offense was 217. They had 200 yards rushing, which isn't bad. Uh, but then again, they're they're a lot like Toledo. They had seven penalties for 77 yards. We had nine penalties for 74 yards, and that's something we have to clean up. I mean, I'm sick of it. It's been five years that we've been in the bottom two or three in, in division one football with penalties and, and yards penalized. Uh, last year we led the nation in penalties and yards penalized. And that, that to me, that just says undisciplined team. Yep. They need to need to start thinking before you do things. A lot of them are just mental mistakes, you know, moving before the snap. I mean, right. Things like that that just drive you up a wall and drive coaches up a wall as well. And, the, and then you look at the Notre Dame game last year. And I mean, there was, there was six penalties in the last minute and a half in right. f- four of them were against us. Right. And Some uh, of them, uh, were questionable. Phantom. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But so again, UMass is kind of an undisciplined team. They, uh, they, they come into this game, not bringing a lot to the, the table on offense. Uh, they, they don't do anything that's going to put us behind the eight ball, especially with the way our defense played last week. I, th- I think our defense is going to be one of the top 25 or 30 defenses in the nation. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct. Now, last year, of course, Toledo went to Amherst in their little high school stadium, McGurk Stadium, I think it's called, beat them 45-7. to seven. So that was on October 2nd of last year. So, you know, 
This UMass team has not improved. We, uh, you know, obviously lost some talent. But my final score prediction: Are you ready uh, to write this down? I'm going to say uh, let's make it 35 to seven. The Rockets probably give up a touchdown, but uh, that's about it. Uh, you're, you're, it's right at that uh, 28 point mark as well, so they will not cover. You're you're going to be you're going to be uh, generous with the with the touchdown. I don't think UT's defense is going to uh, be able to to live with themselves if they can give up a touchdown to this team. I think we're, we're looking at 38, possibly 42 to three. I think we give up a field goal. Uh, this is a team that has. 19 transfers and, and and 12 newcomers on this team. I don't think there's going to be any cohesiveness for this team to come together, especially in, in the glass bowl. So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say 42 to three is my prediction for this game. And hopefully it's a better 42 to three win than the last 37 point, you know, victory. 37 point <laughs> victory last week. We, we can have something to look forward to. So we'd like to invite anybody who's uh, listening to this podcast, please stop by the bus. We will have uh, koozies for you. Stop on out, get one. We have... Um, plenty of libations and plenty of culinary delights. Oh, I like that. Some big words in there. So yeah, please stop out, say hi to us. We may possibly do a uh, a live podcast that we're looking at, Kyle at, W. At, at least possibly a trial run and see how she goes and uh, get some of you on the air and, and uh, let... Let us know what you uh, think about our podcast. Only good things, though. We'll edit out the uh, the shit you talk about us. So <laughs> we have the right to do that. It's our show. Exactly. So anyway, uh, anything else, Pat? I think that's going to do it for the night. We want once again. We want to thank Bailey Flint for his time. Great interview. Great stories. That dude has a great future, and he's always going to be our mate, as we say. Exactly, mate. As he says. Exactly, mate. <laughs> and no fosters we will not bring no, fosters no. i you know i fell for the marketing ploy of course i'm in marketing so yeah. there you go on behalf of the engineer producer extraordinaire kyle w smith i'm rocket ryan brant and i'm pat jillick good night everybody good morning good evening and good night